Today we talk to educator Sean Patrick Higgins, who teaches computer science in the Pacific Northwest. We learn more about what computer science is and is not now in 2017. Well, Sean, it's nice to spend some time with you. And I wanted to talk with you. I, I read a piece um, in Ed Scoop about, you know, the title was how a cloud-based music app adds new energy to computer science instruction. And so, you know, with that being said, I think when I think of computer science, you know, uh, back when I was in school, and I'm 40 now, I've, I've passed that threshold, uh, very different back then than what it is now, uh, sort of catch up, catch me up, catch the audience up to computer science in, in teaching children and the ways in which technology really impact your ability and I guess the, the excitement that you have, uh, you know, with students leading them in that fashion. Well, I, I think one of the main things, if I'm talking to someone and generally introducing myself, because especially when I talk, I'm a middle school teacher, and they're like, oh, what are you doing? You do like, like computer science, they're like, uh, what would that look like? And I also said creative technology, and I kind of combined those uh, two aspects, although uh, from state to state and from district to district, there isn't really a unified vision of what that looks like. So there's kind of like CSTA, Computer Science Teacher Association, and ISTE and their standards, but those standards are also kind of all over the place. And so this is, I think, a big thing that is happening all over the country and all over the world. There's a few, a few select countries that, that have really uh, ha are, are beating the, the United States out. I think, surprisingly, Vietnam has one of the most comprehensive um, K through eight, like introduction to computer platforms. They do a lot of offline stuff, which was kind of bizarre when I found that out, especially compared to the United States and where we should be at. So there's been a lot of changes. So there was kind of the original technology uh, class, and so, so that's typing. So, but then, so what ha that has that evolved to on a middle school level looks very different. So computer science is starting to thrive and doing well on a high school level they're kind of focused a lot of focused efforts to expand they just introduced a different uh, ap exam that actually incorporates scratch and some of the intro to coding languages where they focus on uh, instead of a specific language and syntax they focus on concepts uh, but on a middle school level is and on an elementary k-8 level is where computer science is all over the place and so what we're trying to do is get students passionate about using technology in creative ways. And that also becomes game making. Um, there's all these partnerships with like Minecraft, things like that. Microsoft's had a big push into that as they, they picked up Minecraft two years ago. Um, and then code.org, who's also up in Seattle on the West Coast, um, has been super, super huge and influential on, on kind of building this entire uh, idea and structure of what computer science looked like K through eight and then in high school as well. And so I think that's a general. Yeah, no, I appreciate the update on that. And I'm glad to know that other people are, are like me and sort of wondering exactly just how computer science has evolved from a curriculum uh, and, and really how you interface with students in that way. So, so tell me about the audio component, because I know that that was one of the things that you discussed in the article. So tell me about the power of audio and technology and the way in which you are, you know, have been looking, obviously, um, to integrate that into the work you're doing with your students. Right. So I think there's two different ways that I focus on incorporating audio. And, and one is, uh, you know, with my students, I, I focus with students and, and I've been teaching in a school that's almost, uh, that's over 90% Title I. A lot of students don't have a lot of access to technology and since at a middle school level. Um, so some students haven't had hardly anything in, in elementary. So it's trying to get them passionate about interfacing and about making 
making basic skills. So, you know, all your workflow, like how to save things, even using a mouse in sixth grade. Some kids aren't super comfortable uh, saving a file, deleting a file, things like that. So how to get students passionate is to get them involved and that often is, you know, if you if you talk about, hey, so we're gonna we're gonna create a podcast and edit some audio, but in the abstract, that doesn't necessarily catch the kids. They're like, oh, what do you mean? Uh, you know, most students have phones that are capable of recording MP3, so they're so, right, so they can record a phone. If we can get that sent to the email, even that is building very basic level skills. And on a sixth grade level, that that can work well. Um, but if you talk about, okay, so if Drake and Rihanna really want to talk about their feelings to each other. What we can do is we can find conversations that they're having and we're going to chop them up and make them talk to each other. How about that? And that, that, that then kids are like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, uh, you know, Drake and Chris Brown need to fight. Or uh, if you kind of create, try to focus in on social media and pop culture and use that as, and then audio is just kind of, uh, manifesting something that they're interested in and they're kind of creating a story with, then we kind of get that, that currency and that buy-in to like, all right, we're interested in this project. We can go from there. Um, before uh, we mentioned just a little bit at the, at the start, um, my, so my background was actually in photo and video. My degree is in video um, before I came to teaching. I've been doing this six years now and the year before I taught after school photo and video classes with Portland Community Media, which is our local um, public access, right? So they do after school. And almost all my audio projects are what used to be my video projects, but we've, we've kind of I've taken out the visual layer. So it's a lot easier for younger students and maybe students who haven't had a lot of experience and then, you know, jumping into premiere pro or something like that is kind of high level and pretty intimidating. But when you start, try to strip out different pieces um, when you get into, and then, as technology has been evolving to this kind of cloud-based where the students can access it from home, where they can access it in, in classroom, that they can keep working on the same projects. Um, for me in my classroom, that has been where I have found the most success in that the students can keep going. I used to have uh, an entire like Adobe, I got an Adobe CS6 six years ago and got some licenses, but the kids couldn't use it at home. So ultimately, like I, I had to kind of give that up in favor of the more cloud-based stuff. And that was for, for the kind of visual stuff. There was Pixlr. And then it was just this last year. It was the first time I got to use Soundtrap, which is kind of, I, I, I tried to use Audacity and some of the free stuff before. But if they can't access it from home, the, you know, the easier you make it is where you get, you make it cool and you make it easy. And that's how you get kids in the beginning. If it's not either of those, like the, you'll lose kids on, on both sides. Even, even um, the adults you'll lose. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, there's, there's that too. I, I mean, I kind of get so involved with, I've been doing it for a while. So I try to, especially in um, um, Scratch, which is the intro to programming language out of MIT. Um, and the, the kind of Scratch and Lego Mindstorms, are, they, they both came from the same place. But it's the idea of kind of visual block-based coding. Um, as an introduction for students. Like, I think those are the two big ones for, there's a lot of startups and a lot of new, newer things the last two or three years, but I think the, the, the old dogs in the intro to coding are Scratch and, and Mindstorms. Um, and in uh, Scratch, there's an audio tab too. So that's kind of how I focus my class. Uh, you asked about this earlier, is in Scratch, there's, there's the three tabs um, and there's, there's sprites, which is kind of the visual. There's sounds, which is the, you know, you can import your sounds tab. And then there's the, the, the kind of coding tab. And instead of those being, I, like almost all the focus, 
I think rightfully so, has been on the coding, getting kids involved in coding, getting kids involved in coding. But in Scratch, there's not just a coding tab. There's the other two. There's the visual tab, the arts tab, and the audio tab. So that's a kind of like I, how, how I sell what I do is like, okay, so we're going to build up this pyramid and Scratch is at the top. But underneath it, we've got the, we, we need to think about game making. We need to think about our logic. We need to think about our visuals, um, our posters, our visual design, and we need to think about our audio. So those are like the three building blocks that what I like how I visualize it. So, so Sean, let's, let's go into this. So you, you, I mean, the viewer, the, the one, the folks that are listening to our interview, I, I, I'm sure that they can feel the energy that you have. So here's what I think is really interesting. And I think it's exciting is that when we can find, we can find professionals and more importantly, people who are passionate about working in education. And if you sort of go down the rabbit hole with me in this, you know, I think that we don't do a very good job in education of, of marketing all the really fun, interesting, innovative things that you can do depending upon your talent or your, um, just your areas that you enjoy to pursue that are challenging to you, right? We see that in other industries, but we don't often see it in education. And yet, you know, the energy that you convey with what you're able to do with students and that it changes all the time, where, where does that come from? And do you get the same sense that I'm getting or is it just that I'm, I'm you know, experiencing you as your students do, which, uh, which I would imagine they just absolutely adore you because you do integrate in things that are pop culture, things that they will experience when they get out that make it creative and challenging and fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm in a very, very unique position. What, for, for the first three years, so I've been doing this for six years, for the first three years, I think I was the only middle school computer science teacher in uh, Portland Public Schools District. Um, I think that there's two others that are dedicated with that title now. Um, but it, it, so, it, so in a rare position because, we're, uh, because of this focus. And then I'm even in a rarer position because uh, we're in a very small charter school. Um, my, I teach all the kids. So computer science as opposed to being this elective, which is a very different class mindset. If it's elective, it's just the kids that are like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Let's do this. Let's focus on art. Let's focus on gym. Because I've got everybody. So, so I think the focus and the passion is, is, is not necessarily, it's, I've got to, I've got to make it interesting. I've got to be able to, to, to go where they're going, or I just kind of lose kids entirely. Right. Um, if and you're not passionate about it, like a lot of the kids who are not primed to, to, to really be interested in technology, um, you know, the, the bunch of the girls, so it's mandatory, all the girls in my charge, we have, um, we have about a hundred students, uh, this year and I teach everybody every day. Um, so that, that's a very, very unique position to be in on the kind of computer science coding model. Right. Um, and so I think that the being excited about it is just a, a product that are exciting for the kids. So then I can get excited about it and then we can kind of keep that stirring around. Uh, at, when I've tried a couple things that I didn't know well and I wasn't excited about, it, oh, it fell totally flat. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so mean, that's it, my experience. <clears throat> no, no, I, I think it's wonderful. And to your point there at the end that, you know, you know, the fear of failure is something that I think that we're starting to embrace that it's okay. Right. Whether it's at the, uh, you know, the, the building level, the district level, the teacher level, the student level, the parent level. So I think that that just that little small bit there at the end is really is key to the whole thing so that you can stay engaged. Well, it's been so nice to catch up with you, Sean. Continued success. The kids in your school are very, very lucky to have you in. And I can't imagine what my career would have been like if I had had computer science uh, in your classroom. Well, you would have probably got into podcasting a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs>